This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. going on guys this is rob carbone coming at you with another episode of bd4 where there is no better way to get your yankees and knicks analysis tonight was a really really good time um another guest we're we're coming up there with a lot of guests we're coming up with a lot of guests recently got a lot of uh a lot of action during this quarantine thankfully i actually didn't expect to get this much action but been getting a lot of inboxes a lot of dms lately asking to come on the show and you know, from my end as well, I've been reaching out to some folks and, you know, fortunately, um, thankfully, they've been accepting and we've been getting busy here on BD4. So, yes, episode 106 tonight was fun because we talked a lot of Knicks um, and then some Yankees and some NFL stuff as well with a friend of the show, with another diehard Knicks Yankees fan, um, NFL fan, Ryan McSpeeden, who Came on and we talked for about uh, 25, 20 minutes or something like that. And it was fun. We talked a lot of Knicks, a lot of Yanks, and a lot of NFL again. So um, that's what we're going to show you for episode 106, guys. So before we get to that, though, really quick, really quick, just want to make sure if you haven't subscribed to BD4, be sure to do that. Um, go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com and uh, subscribe that way. There should be a tab called Outlets or a, an option called uh, subscribe and follow. Click on either one of those and it'll take you to the many different platforms um, for the podcast and all the outlets to my social media and things like that. So guys, thanks so much for tuning in. But yes, episode 106. Um, we're going to dive right into it for this one. Not going to waste any time. I had an interview, not an interview, uh, just a casual conversation talking sports with, again, a friend of the show, Ryan, who is a big New York sports fan like myself, and we had a good time tonight. It was very, very fun, and um, I hope you guys enjoy it. So we're going to dive right into that as soon as we take a quick break. All right, guys. Real quick, guys, just want to make sure you go to my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. There should be a button called subscribe and follow. Click on subscribe and follow, and that should take you to a page called Outlets. Over on that page, it'll show you how to follow and subscribe to me on many different platforms, such as all of my social media outlets, such as the blog, and of course, the podcast as well. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. All 
right, guys. So I'm here with Ryan. Ryan's a fan of the show. He's a big Knicks, Yankees, uh, Jets, and Rangers fan. I think I got all four. Um, yep. Ryan, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate thanks that. Thanks for having me, Rob. Yeah, man. So what have you been doing during this whole fucking uh, quarantine thing? Oh, God. Well, uh, I can only watch so many 2013 Knicks games. Uh, I've been watching some old uh, Yankee games, too, but it's just... I don't know what else to do anymore. Like I, I find myself working out more than I have just because like how bored I am. So I'll do like at home workout and stuff. But it this is terrible. I've been yeah, I've been pretty much doing the same. Just watching the Yankees recaps, uh, watching the Knicks. They had a couple of '90s Knicks games on TV the other yeah. day, which is neat, and I like to see that because you know obviously we didn't really get to experience that. Oh. That was pretty cool seeing like Ewing and real Knicks. Fucking, uh, yeah, the real. You know, hardcore old school Knicks. And um, speaking of man, I, I guess we'll start with the Knicks and talk about them for a little bit. <laughs> it was um, another underwhelming, miserable season for them. I think they were twenty-one and forty-five, twelfth place in the Eastern Conference, sixth place in the tankings. Um, what, what, what would you say? I'm going to talk about it in just a sec, but I want to get your take on why you think they failed so miserably this past season. Well, we got to start first and foremost, Julius Randle. I, the guy. I don't. I think he might have the lowest basketball IQ I've ever seen. It's predictable. Every time he gets the ball, it's spin move, spin move, and it's either a charge or it's a turnover. You. Ha- I mean, there's. I mean, Barrett. He struggled at first, but he got better with his shot. You know, you have young guys like Barrett. I mean, even Frank, like Mitch, of course, like. It, I don't know why Randall thinks he is the superstar. He shoots like every he's putting up like 20, 25 shots. The, his shooting numbers are never good, and the turnovers. I, it starts and ends with him. He is a cancer. They need to get this guy off the team. I I definitely agree in a sense because he's here's the thing. It's so frustrating because he's a you can see he's has got talent, mm-hmm. right? He's talented. He's got some strength. He he kind of has the he can score. He's gonna put up the numbers, but. The thing, is he going to make the winning plays? And I think just a big, it's kind of a mixture between not having a point guard, not having a coach with a legitimate system. That's yeah. part of it. But a lot of it is on him as well. You know, he's he doesn't have the highest IQ. For somebody who's, what is he, fucking 6'9", 250, he yeah. should be using his size more. He should be playing down the low post or down in the restricted area more and not just trying to, you know, dribble, pull up from a three-point line or, yeah. you know, over-dribble into the post and turn it over and try to, you know, isolate, you know, yeah. half of the possessions we own. And I think in order to get him playing more as... I, they need to get him to where he's playing off the ball more. Mm-hmm. And I think in order to do that, they have to get a point guard who's legit. They have to get a coach who's legit. But I don't know if that's going to happen all in one offseason, you know? So I oh, think, you know, it's kind of a weak draft class. The free agency and trade market is kind of shallow as well. Um, the coaching candidates are kind of questionable, one or two guys maybe. So it's going to be hard to do both of these things to benefit somebody like Randall. So at this point, I you know I think it's just better. We're better off trading him, trying to find a partner who would mm-hmm. take on his contract. But that's it's going to be difficult with somebody who's getting paid so much to yeah. not really perform as as much as you know he's getting paid. Yeah, easier said than done for sure. I mean, I. I will take it. I will take some of that back. I mean, I don't mind Randall at times because you know the talent is there, and there are some games where he looks good. But 
but obviously the negatives far outweigh the positives and you know they don't know how he never plays to his strengths i don't know why the like the guy thinks he's the number one option which yeah you might be the best player on the team right now but don't act like you're like a some a plus superstar here this isn't kevin durant this isn't kyrie irving i mean right and i think you know there's a difference here between you know Putting up the best numbers or being called the best player doesn't always mean you're benefiting the team on a, in a positive, you know, manner. I think you know, for the Knicks to succeed, they're trying to, at this point in time, they need to focus on player development. Yes. And when you have somebody like Randall, who you know, let's be honest, he takes the he has the ball in his hands a whole lot, and that's going to take away ball time and shit like that from guys like R.J. Barrett. Um. It's going to take away playing time from, you know, Kevin Knox. As much as we want to shit on Knox or something like that, he still needs to be out there. He's not going to improve on the bench. And Agreed. There's a, and it's not just Randall. There are a lot of guys. They went out there that, that last summer and signed, what, like six, seven, you know, short-term uh, veteran player. You know, guys that won't be here long-term. Like, stop gaps. Yes. And I think just getting a bunch of stop gaps doesn't really, it just, there's no identity right now. No, not at all. And I think, uh, you know, you hit on this best. It's We need a point guard. I, I don't know when the last time they had a point guard. Maybe, what, Raymond Felton and Jason K. Barbary? <laughs> they don't. It starts and ends with point guard. We haven't. We don't have that playmaker who could spread the ball. He could make shots when needed. Could give the ball to RJ, give the ball to Mitch. I, we don't have guys who spread the floor. It's, it's stagnant. And I will say, a lot of this at first did start because Fisdale was terrible. I will give Miller some credit. The offense, there's been more movement with Miller involved. Not much because Randall still hogs the ball. But Miller's done a way better job than Fisdale. I think uh, like under Miller, they'd be like a 7 or 8 seed right now in the East. But uh, it definitely, we need a point guard. I mean, this draft, I don't know. There's LaMelo Ball. There's Cole Anthony. You got to hope maybe one of those two is the answer. Hope, but then again, who knows with how the lottery goes and Nick's luck. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's. You may make a good point uh, about the head coaching situation first and foremost. I think David Fisdale was flat out awful. Mike no. Miller was better. He was much better. Um, but I think what both coaches really lacked was, again, player development and really focusing on giving the kids minutes as opposed to just playing the veterans or the stopgap type of players. And that's something both of them struggled with. So I think we probably need to move on from Miller, at least as a head coach. I would like him back maybe in another capacity, you know, like a third assistant or something like that. I think he's good enough to where he can do that. Um, and maybe not all of it is on the Nick head coaches, you know, because we heard – it, this was more under Steve Mills before Rose took over. I think they were aiming for what was the word? They used like a fucking playoff, uh, a man, uh, playoff okay. mandate. They were playoff aiming mandate for. with this, and team. that was maybe that was like an influence. Maybe that's why coaches were kind of both of those coaches were kind of to uh, trying to uh, coach for wins as opposed to development. Maybe so. Maybe it was more a front office thing. Yeah, that's another thing. I don't get how you can say playoff mandate when you have guys like. Reggie Bullock, Wayne Ellington, Bobby Portis. These guys are just wasting minutes. It's right. I, I don't know. It's just every time they come on the floor, it, it's boring. They don't ever score. There's no defense being played. And, and if I have to watch Wayne Ellington chuck up another 10 threes in five minutes, Rob, I, I'm going to lose it, Rob. I, I can't watch it. 
every time he comes in the game, it's the same. He runs around a screen, oh. he'll catch and shoot the ball, and that chick just goes off the rim. And it's, oh it's, it's like you said, it's so boring because these aren't going to be long-term options. So you might as well give minutes to the kids. And because of guys like Ellington, Portis, and, and uh, Peyton, and all those all those guys, like Trier wasn't even part of the team this past season. Damian Dotson was kind of in and out of the rotation. Kevin Knox is at a point to where he should be getting everyday time, but he didn't. So they might as well send him to the G League, but they never did that. They just stuck him on the bench, and he got, what, two, three shots a night, which you can't get a rhythm that way. And everything was just so out of sorts. The clunky lineups, just the lack of minutes for certain guys who needed to get minutes, just... Oh, just a really odd direction they were heading in. It just didn't make sense to me. Um, and I think this offseason, you hope that Leon Rose could could kind of stabilize things. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I heard the other day uh, Berman in his article was saying Donovan Mitchell and Joel Embiid. Yeah, let's not trade away everything and and do. I mean, I love Melo. The guy was great here. But uh, we can't have a redo of the of the uh, mellow trade. We're not going to trade away our whole team, not going to trade away our draft assets. This, uh, and I understand, you know, this off season is the draft loaded. No free agency class isn't loaded. I mean, will they make a trade maybe somewhere? Yes. They, I mean, they'd certainly have a lot of, uh, uh, they certainly have the draft capital to make a trade and they have, you know, the financial, uh, they have enough money to make a trade, but uh, I just, I can't see why they would, go for Embiid who he's always hurt and uh, Mitchell I, I it depends like how like how much are you willing to give up for Mitchell like I don't know you're talking about Donovan Mitchell yeah I don't think that thing's gonna happen to be honest with you um I think that was all just fucking blown out of proportion just because of that whole thing that was going on but, yeah really for clicks like I said but um I think at this point this offseason we need to kind of learn from last year and not go chasing after stars who probably don't want to play here. Not mm-hmm. that it's a deep class anyway. So at this point, I just they should go for the smaller complementary players. Like go after mm-hmm. shooting, you know, because that's one of the things we lack. Get yeah. shooting around Barrett and and Mitch. Yep. You know, space the floor a little more so he can have his space to work. Um, maybe guys like you know, I know the Wizards have a like a stretch for Bertans. Yes, um, Joe Harris over from the new the New Jersey Nets. Um, Joe Harris is good. Uh, there's a cut. We could bring fucking uh, Danilo Gallinari back to town for all. Wow. I think okay, he's great. Agent. Just get shooting. You know, space the floor a little more. And I think you get something. You get one or two guys who can shoot the ball at an effective rate, and that'll space the. That'll that'll make such a difference for for somebody like Barrett's efficiency, and yes. you know, maybe getting a playmaker too could help. Maybe that, but that'll come in the draft. I don't know, but. Getting a playmaker could help Mitch expand his game outside the paint, you know, set him up, because that's a big thing as well. We just, we seem like a team who's just so focused on the interior, and we don't really have a modernized team right now. And I think we need to use free agency and the draft to our advantage to become more modern. Yeah, uh, one guy I was looking at, I think he would be a great fit from the Raptors, uh, Van Vliet. He could shoot the ball. He'll space the floor. He'll make he'll make the right play. Like Barrett will have his opportunities. Definitely, you know, the floor will be spaced out. There will be opportunities for Randall if he's still here. Robinson, like, and the guy. Best of all, he could shoot. He knows how to shoot, and he won't just chuck it up all the time. I think that would be a great option. Um, and yeah, I think he's a free agent. Like, if you give him like a two-year, three-year deal, like, I'd be down for that. 
Yeah, definitely. I think the thing here is, do you want to pay that much? Because I have a feeling that Van Vliet's going to command over $20 million. So the question is going to be, are the Knicks going to pay that much for somebody who might not be that much better than what he is right now? And he's good, though. He definitely will give them what they need, though. You're right about that. He'll give them both of playmaking and shooting in one. Um, is you know that that's huge. Just somebody to run the run the offense and to get everybody open looks and um, to generate just offense by moving the ball around and spacing the floor, like you said. So he's definitely an option to look at. I would rather go after somebody like Van Vliet than make a trade for somebody like CP3, who I think just doesn't make too much sense here. No. A veteran who's got the injury risk, likes to have the ball in his hands. I think at this point, I would rather go younger. I would rather go with the shorter thing. Um, and I would also, I, I want to stay away from, a lot of people want to sign DeMar DeRozan. Um, oh, no. I don't think he'll mesh well with anybody because this guy can't shoot the basketball. Oh. And he kind of goes against what we're trying to do, Ryan. Yeah, this he would be worst case. I, yeah. You know, I uh, I speak to uh, Tom on Twitter, another great follow. You know, we said all the time, if please do not go with DeRozan. He, it, it would be so bad. And then also too, I I know he has like he's nervous or something. Once the Garden crowd turns on him, it's just it would be a disaster. We don't need that. Oh, definitely don't. Um, but we do. Yeah, just, Van Vliet will be good though because. You look at our three-point guard options at the you know, at the moment. Yeah. Frank Milikina, I think Frank's a good defensive wing to come off the bench and give you some you know some defense for 25 minutes a night or something like that. Yeah. Maybe eventually he could develop an offensive game to where he gives you 10 points, five or six assists. But that's mm-hmm. even far down the line. We just have to. I don't think he's gonna. I don't ever think he's gonna be worth a lottery pick. I don't ever think Frank is gonna be that that starting point guard. But I do think he could be a nice defensive anchor off the bench. I think somebody like Dennis Smith Jr., he's obviously unhappy here, so they might not even end up keeping him. Um, he went from a promising prospect to a potential bust at the moment. Yeah. And then there's Alfred Payton. And Alfred Payton is more of a just a, another stopgap. Um, yeah. I don't think he has a contract further than 2021. Um, he's only owed $1 million next season, so he's easy to waive. Um, and he, he's not the answer either. He's not a, a point guard who shoots the ball. He doesn't score much. Um, he's not your answer long term. He's been in the, in the league for about six, seven seasons and has been the same exact player every year since. So going after Van Vliet, uh, I think that works. But I would rather my first my preference here is to look in the draft. Um, is LaMelo Ball going to be? available uh maybe somebody like killian hayes uh maybe they find somebody like i was like anthony from north carolina i'm not sure about him though but oh there's i don't know there's really no short thing this season i've seen cole anthony uh in person when i was in high school we played against him he's he's good there's no doubt about it he's as talented as they come but he tends to uh tends to shoot the ball a bit much and uh When things go south, he's not exactly a great teammate. At least I don't. At least I didn't think so. But um, my first choice would be Ball because I think although he may shoot the ball at times, he, like, he he may shoot a bit much. But you know he can make the shot. He would energize the team, energize the Garden. So that would be my first choice. But uh, I mean, listen, we we need a point guard either way. So just start there and let's hope that you know one of them works out because if we could get a point guard. I eventually think you know people will say, all right, so you you have a point guard with Barrett now, Robinson. I think someone will eventually want to take the challenge and come here, but they need to see that. 
players are being developed and pieces are coming into place, and we don't have that yet. Right, and I think you, you, that's another good point. Uh, before we go star chasing, we just have to set our foundation first because it kind of makes no sense to, to just go after the guy um, via trade or free agency if you don't have everything else around him. You have to get your complementary pieces Mm-hmm. Before getting a star, or else you're going to end up in another, you know, fucking Chris Dapps Porzingis situation, uh, where a disgruntled star is coming to town. And um, so, you know, it's it's step by step with the Knicks. I think this offseason, the most important things, you know, are what we said: get that point guard, get that head coach, and get those complementary pieces around RJ, around Robinson, and in um in company as well to to get those Knicks at least a competitive product, something to watch, yes. just not a pathetic 20-win team year after year, man. I mean, and I can't stand some of the people who are like, oh, but the Knicks improved this year. Uh, I don't care. It doesn't mean anything. I mean, really. I, I, what, they won four <laughs> games this year. Congrats. Improved. I, I don't see how they improved at all. I mean, I they, what, if the season continued, they were on pace for 28 wins, maybe? That's not really improvement, and even if no. You know, you can look at the win total and count that as improvement. But again, the the main goal remained stagnant. Developing your foundation here, it mm-hmm. remained the same. We're not, you know, Knox regressed. Um, Smith Jr. Again, he regressed. Um, Frank Milakina oh. didn't take that major of a step up. Uh, and you know, other guys. There's so many people either regressed the yep. same or marginally improved. If anything, there weren't many guys who took a step upwards. And I think, oh. again, it's going to be on Leon Rose to kind of turn things around here and make the Garden a respectable product again. The uh, yeah, this off season's huge for so many reasons. All right, so. Real quick, I uh, just want to let you guys know this episode is sponsored by Anchor. Anchor is a free podcast hosting site that distributes your podcast for you. They will pay you for reading an advertisement just like I'm doing now, as long as you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Ryan, uh, I know you're a, you're a Yankees fan as well. Yes. Uh, you're hungry for baseball. We all are. What do you think about this whole Arizona proposal? I've talked to a couple of people already about this. Um, they're trying to start up. They're planning on starting up sometime mid-May. But, you know, yeah. it's definitely a reach. But I want to hear your thoughts on this just for a little bit. Well, obviously, you know, in terms of uh, having baseball back, I would love it. Because, you know, we can't, even if baseball comes back, whether it's in Arizona, or Florida, it's not going to be here. As much as I would love to go to the Bronx. I realized there's not going to be baseball here. There probably won't be football here, but there's not going to be sports here for a while. But I think the Arizona plan, it has potential. But one of the things that I, that I uh, thought about right away is how players would have to be separated from their families. Like, I don't know how that would work, especially like uh, I think Garrett Cole's having a, a child in like maybe a month or two. I think June, him and Amy are expecting a child. Like, So is he not supposed to go be with his wife and his newborn and like also like what's going to happen the biggest thing is what's going to happen once someone gets it again like are they just going to have to shut down again like i don't i i mean i love the plan because you know it would bring baseball back but there's just so many red flags to where i just i don't know if it could happen Right, and it, yeah, again, it's something that could it could either be really, really beneficial to the game, you know, bringing in fans with nothing to watch, and they ju- they'll just turn on the TV, and baseball is the only sport available. So that's kind of the positive thing about it. But at the same time, 
it could be very reckless as well um, because it's a serious virus that we're talking about here. It's a contagious virus. Um, yes. and if one guy gets it, that affects another guy on the team or even just like hotel staff, uh, bus drivers, you know, think about things like that. It can just, it can be very reckless if they're not careful. And, you know, I know they're trying to do this without a crowd in the stands, which is kind of, to me, like the point of baseball is, is having all the fans up there, and that's at least the Yankee bit. Yankee baseball is all yeah. about the fucking Bronx, and, yeah. and it it just feels pointless in a way to have a. I don't know. It's just very bizarre. But I guess what can you do at this point? I don't know. Yeah, no, it's definitely if it comes back, it's going to be weird because I'm used to screaming my face off at the Bronx, and then to have to sit in front of a TV and see you know no fans like it's just gonna be weird like and too like how we're like you know like i mean the cat like you know think about it when the catcher goes to the pitcher like you know it's easier to hear them now like you know right. I, I don't know i i mean i would love baseball back but still i i just i want everything normal and and it's just not the yeah. same without fans man yeah <laughs> It's just going to be, you know, it's going to be a shortened season as well. If we do even get a season, it'll yep. be short, um, 80 games maybe. And, you know, the fucking uh, division winners are going to have, what, maybe 60 games as the as the, the leading uh, division guy. And the home run leaders will have 27 home runs tops. It's just going to be very unconventional, very odd. Yeah, no. um, yeah, sure, it could help the Yankees in terms of getting healthy on time. But, you know, it, I don't. See, baseball is a marathon sport. You know, it, it relies so much on hot streaks and cold streaks that there may be a lot of upsets this season if we do get a shortened one. Yes, I could see that for sure. I totally, you know, because yeah. think about it. You, uh, Sanchez, he's a great example. This guy, he can't hit for three weeks. Like, I don't need to watch him, especially if it's a shortened season when he's swinging and missing or just grounding it right back to the pitcher. I don't need to watch that for a majority of the season like no one wants to watch that product right and the yankees have a lot of those you know boomer bust type hitters where mm -hmm. it could either get really ugly or you know the opposite for a few weeks so we don't it's just again it could be very upsetting um or it could be surprising i don't really know how it's all going to shape up but we'll see what happens it's kind of something we just have to wait and uh, kind of let play out a little bit yeah um we're about 25 minutes in. If you have any thoughts on the Jets, you know, switching to the NFL draft, which is coming up, um, I don't know, a couple days maybe? Yeah, it's uh, Thursday. Thursday night. Okay. What do you think they're doing, Jets? Um, well, ideally, I would say there's been a lot of debate about whether they go with a tackle or a wide or a, a wide out. And uh, they have the 11th pick, so it's not... It's not the best, but it's not the worst. It's it's a decent spot to go. Uh, but uh, I I was looking at a lot of mocks, and the top four linemen are uh, Tristan Wirfs, uh, Beckton, Jedrick Wills, and uh, Andrew Thomas. And I saw a lot of the mocks have I think the Giants getting a tackle, uh, the Cardinals, the Browns, all those teams pick ahead of the Jets. So if you're the Jets, you got to see: Do you go with the fourth best lineman? Or do you go with the first best wide uh, wide out in the draft? And honestly, uh, C.D. Lamb, I would he's he had a um, amazing season at Oklahoma. And Sam Darnold, he needs weapons. I I can't watch, and it's not all Darnold's fault, obviously, because he didn't have a he didn't have a uh, line, and he got mono last year. But 
if I have to watch games like I did last year, where I literally I turned some of the games off at halftime, it was so bad that they don't move the ball. Adam Gaze just sits there with his headset in. The the biggest thing is whether it's the fourth best tackle or if it's the first best wideout, you got to make the right pick. The Jets have never made the right pick, and um, I just feel like at that spot you really you can't miss because I think all the tackles are pretty solid, and obviously the the wideouts. This is a uh, a very heavy draft for them so uh maybe i would probably go with the fourth best tackle but i mean just make the right pick yeah i think it all comes down to just whoever's best but um yeah we think about how, how many wins do you think your jets are going to have this season uh, oh, well, to uh i saw they were favored to win one game this year a, a home game against the dolphins i'll give them i don't know okay I'll give them like a six and ten, okay. seven nine. Which, if they bring back Adam Gaze, if that's the case, I, I might not watch anymore. I can't. I can't watch his football team. He lives a couple of minutes for me. Next oh, town no. over. Yeah. Oh. You know, uh, funny, funny thing is, uh, Commissioner Goodell lives right down the street from me. He's like a mile from me. I was saying, oh, I know he's doing the draft from his basement Thursday night. Maybe I should uh, show up. You know, someone needs to boo him, right? I'm sure he's got some tight security over there. Yeah, I think uh, oh. he'll throw me right out. Oh, my God. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on, man. I appreciate that. that. All right, man. Thank All right. you. Stay safe. You too.